All right, let's talk about speech therapy. And let's talk about where I think speech therapy has gone wrong. That's what I'm going to dive into today. And some of you might think I'm not exactly qualified to talk about this. And that's okay if you feel that way. But I actually do think I have some things to say that are important and that are actually going to help you. And that's what matters here. So just there are a couple of disclaimers that I want to put out here before we get started. One is I am not talking about individual speech therapists. I'm not trying to out individuals. I am sure that there are an incredible number of really amazing speech therapists who truly help their clients get results. Okay. That said, there are some problems that I have seen in the speech therapy, in you know, institutional speech therapy with the speech therapy world in general. And there are some problems there that I think we do need to discuss and we do need to be aware of so that we don't fall into mindsets, into habits, into belief systems that actually keep us from achieving, you know, very highly competent speech. You know, and that's a shame because you know, you would think speech therapy would lead you to highly competent speech, but it's that's not always the case. And there are some reasons for that. And there's reasons I have observed, or at least three reasons that I think that this is the case, because I've had personal experience with this, in that I've had clients come to me, they first went to speech therapy, they just did not have a good experience. And then they found me on YouTube. And that is sort of often how this journey goes. Now, another disclaimer or caveat here before we get started is, just so you're aware, I have never actually been to traditional speech therapy. So I don't have on-hands experience as being a client, but I still, I've been to their websites. I've, I have not a basic understanding of where they lean, what they think, how they approach you know, helping their clients, and it's not always actually helping them. And so we do need to talk about it. And much of the information that I've gotten, I've actually gotten from students who, again, first went to speech therapy and then came to me. So let's talk about it. In this episode, I'm just going to walk you through three problems that I have seen with speech therapy. And then I'm going to give you sort of a counter. I'm going to give you an alternative that I think is much better and is going to serve you better in the long run. All right, let's dive in. Welcome back to another Speak Your Mind episode, my friend, where I'm here to help you overcome stuttering, learn life-changing speech skills, and build a life of incredible fluency and confidence. All right, now before we jump into today's episode, I want to give you a little gift, and it is my free Stop Stuttering workshop. This is a 45-plus minute workshop, so if you have not watched it or if you haven't watched it in a while and you need to get back on that routine then go implement this. It's completely free and I'll leave a link in the description below if you're on YouTube or if you're listening to this in a podcast form, just go to speakyourmindmethod.com and it is right on the homepage. It's the first thing you'll see. It's my Stop Stuttering workshop. So go check it out if you want to really dive in and get yourself a routine and a plan to overcome stuttering and really start to elevate your speech skills. All right, let's talk about speech therapy now. And let's talk about the three problems that I have with institutional speech therapy. So the first problem that I have observed, that I've seen, is the problem of indifference. Now, I bring this up because this is what my clients have told me personally. Like, they scheduled a speech therapy session, they often is over Zoom, and they go, and it, they, it just feels 
stale. It feels indifferent. It doesn't feel like they're actually pulling you into a story or pulling you into a place that you can then go and achieve great things. It's just often it's like they're just showing up, doing their nine to five, seeing what's on the schedule. Okay, I have a call. I have a, you know, I got to hop on a call with this client and then you do it and you move on with your day. And so there's that almost underlying sense of indifference there that is very problematic if you are trying to beat stuttering because indifference is the enemy of really everything good in life. And certainly it is the enemy when you try to overcome stuttering. And this is exactly the type of thing. So I had a client a few months ago, his name is Brooke. And one of the things that he mentioned was this very type of thing where before he found me on YouTube, he his parents actually scheduled a speech therapy session. I think it was two sessions that he did uh, with his speech therapist. And the way he explained it to me was basically like it was almost demoralizing. It didn't feel like it was going to lead anywhere. It felt like they weren't even invested in what he was going through and, and what his goals were. It was just like very... Um, methodical without actually being personal, right? A method is only as good as it can actually breathe life into a person, right? And so this is something that is, I think, very lacking in traditional speech therapy. And that is that ability to truly invest, to truly care, to truly treat your students in a way that is going to push them, that isn't going to coddle them, but rather is going to push them, that's going to tell them the truth, that is going to lead them and lean into what that person, what their clients actually want to achieve with their speech and with their life as well. Now, the way I see it is as bad as it is to have that reputation, right? as bad as it is to have that quality in an industry, this quality of indifference, because of how dark it is, though, it does allow for, you know, alternatives to present themselves because the darker the darkness is, the brighter the light that will shine in that darkness. And so you have speech coaches online like Michael Williams, an incredible speech coach, but he's not traditional, you know, he's, he's not a speech therapist as you would think of traditional speech therapy. Same goes for me. I'm not trying to be a traditional speech therapist, but rather I am positioning myself as an alternative that is more personal, that is actually trying to engage in your life and your story. It's not like it's not like the method that I present is all-encompassing and that every person needs to follow it to the letter. Like it's all about discovering what works best for you and about being flexible and about positioning you because everybody's so different about positioning you to actually achieve what you're trying to achieve. And that is what I am trying to to do here is be that light in the darkness of indifference. And the light is obviously it's encouragement. Obviously, it's um, just portraying positive emotion and, and giving hope to people. But more than anything, I think it, a lot of this just comes down to telling the truth and not coddling people. I think this is just a big problem. And we'll get into more of this with the third problem here towards the end of this episode. But 
Uh, so that's just a little introduction to that. But that is, I think, such a key factor is this idea of telling the truth. And it really is the opposite of being indifferent. Because if you tell the truth, that is actually as uncomfortable as the truth can be. That is what is truly going to propel you to whatever you're trying to, to achieve and wherever you're trying to go. All right. So there we go. That is the first problem I have with institutional speech therapy, and that is indifference. Now, the second problem, which is just a massive problem that I see, is what I'm going to call backwards focusing. And what I mean by this is pretty much everything you do, and this is sort of the approach that I have seen that I've observed, is everything is is angled Everything is directed towards this position of don't stutter, not stuttering, not stammering, not blocking, you know, managing stuttering. It's just like a terrible term. Like who wants to manage their stutter? And this is why I call this a backwards focus. It's backwards to have the limelight be shining on the negative, to have the limelight be don't stutter, stop stuttering and everything from that perspective. Instead, we need to be focusing on, okay, let me get better at speaking. Let me, come, let me become a more fluent speaker. Let me become a more competent and confident speaker. And this is, again, where alternative speech coaches like Michael Williams, myself, and others are just crushing it. This is the lane we're seeing. This is the darkness that we're seeing, and we're shooting the spotlight into that darkness because we're seeing this incredibly toxic approach to becoming fluent, and that is only focusing on the negative, only focusing on managing stuttering or trying to minimize stuttering. And of course, there's a place for that. Even in my programs, there's always a place for minimizing it. But that is not the core philosophy. The core philosophy is always, always, always improve. It is always on the positive. It is always how can we come better? It's always aiming towards this place of becoming a great speaker. It's not only just like running down a path, always with our head behind our back, trying to run away from this evil stuttering um, monster or creature that we see that is just chasing us down. We need to have a balanced approach. Actually, I don't know if, I don't know if balanced approach is the right word because I think it actually needs to be a bit imbalanced. It needs to be tilted more towards the positive. You need to be thinking more so as, okay, I'm going to try to become a great speaker there are always times to look back and to be aware of stuttering and to run away from it and to avoid it. But again, the core philosophy here is become a great speaker. That's what matters. And that is going to lead you to long-term results, not simply trying to manage stuttering. So that is a big problem that I see in the in institutional speech therapy. And one example of this, just to give you a quick example, is so imagine... Imagine if you're trying to break the habit of drinking soda. It's pretty obvious that the best approach to beat that habit is not just to try to minimize it or manage it. You actually need to replace it. You need to look for an alternative, especially an alternative with a positive bent towards it. So it's you can't just be going through your day being, don't drink soda, don't drink soda, don't drink soda, don't drink soda. That's not going to lead you to results. Instead, you need to replace it. So whether that comes with coffee, whether it gets replaced with sparkling water, whatever the case is, or orange juice, whatever it is, 
you replace that habit with something else. You don't simply try and avoid the habit. Or if you take this to an extreme, you don't stack your fridge with soda and then tell yourself that you're going to stop drinking it. Like you actually need to completely shift your perspective and focus on actually doing something instead of always trying to avoid something. Don't just not drink soda. Instead, go and actually, when you're ready to drink something, drink something else and make it easy to access that something else. Okay. And this very much applies to stuttering as well. Don't be fully focused on not stuttering, not stuttering, not stuttering, not stammering. Instead, shift your focus over here to this side and be like, okay, I'm going to get 1% better today at being a great speaker. I'm going to, I'm going to push myself. I'm going to actually do the work that, that is going to lead to me slowly becoming better, becoming better, becoming better. This mindset is going to change your life. It really, really is. So, and yeah, this is just a problem that is very unfortunate that I have observed. And I'm sure many of you guys watching this have observed it as well. You go anywhere um, online, speech therapy, YouTube, blogs. It's There's so much of this of like, don't stutter, don't stutter, don't stutter. But there is a better way. And that is why I'm making this episode here today. So those are the first two problems. Now, the third problem is probably the most important one. And it is, this is especially doing a disservice to people who are trying to become better speakers and learn fluency and overcome stuttering. And this is a lack of personal responsibility. I see this increasingly in just the overall philosophy, the way that you see the speech therapy world moving. It's a lot of coddling. It's a lot of trying to just make you feel good when that doesn't actually help you. Just feeling good isn't going to help you. And, you know, maybe this sounds cringe to some of you, right? And that's okay. Uh, But for the rest of us, we all know this to be true, that the world is not going to change for us, right? Reality is going to be reality. But what needs to change is our position, the way we position ourselves in relation to reality. And they're just... Like the average speech therapist, again, the average, not not all of them, but the average speech therapist will play it safe. They will coddle you. They will try to tell you things to make you feel good, but they won't actually tell you the truth. They won't give you the discomfort, that uncomfortable truth. And it's like, at the end of the day, you actually are responsible for the way that you speak. It doesn't mean it's your fault. You still got unlucky. All of us got unlucky, although I would actually push back against that though too. And I'm sure I'll talk about this in a future episode of the uh, the paradox that is within this idea because it's actually, we're actually, you can be, you can look at it from the perspective of you're actually very lucky to have developed a stuttering habit because it positions you to become a better speaker than actually everybody else. And so it gives you the opportunity to jump the line, but I'm sure we'll get into that in a future episode. But anyway, this idea of lack of personal responsibility, the reason that it's such a big problem is because there is a real subtle darkness in that approach when you don't actually lead your students or your clients 
um, and you don't tell them to really take responsibility for themselves. And the darkness in that is that you then expect the world to change to accommodate you. But what did we just talk about? Reality is going to be reality. The world's going to be the world. So then when that inevitably doesn't happen, the world doesn't change to accommodate you, then you become resentful, you become bitter, and that leads to nowhere good, right? And so that is sort of the underlying darkness. These things can get really dark. This is why ideas matter so much. And this is why psychology matters so much. And this is why we need to approach these things in the right way. Because otherwise, you can just run yourself down a really, really dark hole. And another problem I have with therapists who will coddle you, who won't tell you the truth, who won't lead you to the place where you're encouraged to be responsible for yourself, is one of the problems with that is implied in in that advice of just accept yourself, don't actually try to get better, just, just try to manage it and you'll be okay. Implied in that advice is that you're stuck just the way you are. And that's also very insidious. That's also very dark. And that's going to eat away at you because that is the opposite of how human beings functionally um, succeed or how we actually enjoy our lives and how we find happiness. It is not by simply accepting everything in the sense of accepting everything with negative mindset and not, and not actually moving towards the next goal, the next thing, the next achievement. Because often what's underneath that idea of people should accept me for who I am is this very resentful mindset of, for example, um, this other person who got the job instead of you. Even though deep down, if you really thought about it, if you really analyzed it, you might realize that, you know what, that person is a better speaker and therefore that person probably deserved the job more than I did or was more qualified for the job than me. It's probably the case. It's not always the case, but that's one example. Another example is you could say, you know, it's not fair that this girl or guy doesn't want to date me. Like I like this person and they don't want to date me. When again, deep down, you're like, yeah, but I, I don't communicate well. You think, of course, that's unattractive. And so... Now, again, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I'm trying to tell you the truth. I'm trying to lead you to not a place of beating yourself up, not a place of being negative, but I'm trying to give you the truth so that you can actually move towards becoming stronger, more resilient. Because that strength and that resilience is what is going to lead you to a place of of truly achieving the fluency that you want. And it's not going to be by trying to just, you know, slouch back and just accept myself for who I am. There's a place for that. But again, I think you know what I'm talking about here. That should not be your default all-encompassing place. You need to be able to look to something. You need to be able to pursue something and get better. We should always be trying to change. There's this quote from Anthony DeMello's book, Awareness. And the quote is, reality is not problematic. You are the problem. Oof, that's that's a pretty harsh quote, right? Reality is not the problem. You are the problem. And again, I'm not saying this to make you feel bad about yourself. I'm not saying this to put you in position to feel like, well, 
you're like, you're just being hard on me. So I'm just going to throw in the towel and I'm just not even going to try because it feels too hard. But again, like I mentioned before, I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to be like a traditional speech therapist who's just there to coddle you, make you feel good. I'm going to try to give you the truth as best I can. And I think this is a pretty obvious truth that reality is not the problem. I'm the problem. I'm the one who can actually change. Reality is not really going to change. And reality is out of our control. Now, there's one thing I want to mention here before I wrap this up that I think is an important thing to point out is that, yes, reality is reality. The world is the world. But reality is very imperfect. The world is very imperfect. And one example of that is earlier when I said that, you know, this other person got the job instead of you. And deep down, if you really think about it, maybe they actually deserved it more than you because they speak better and all of that. That's not always the case, right? Sometimes... Um, the hiring manager of the job that you applied for is biased or just the first impressions of perhaps you stumbling over your words a bit kind of turn them off. And maybe that's not fair. Maybe it isn't. But I actually have a bit of sympathy for that. I don't know if sympathy is exactly the right word, but I understand that from the perspective of a hiring manager. A hiring manager has to make quick swift decisions like they're not going to go through your entire life and try to try to decipher uh, whether or not you would be a good fit instead they're going to use a lot of real-time information like what is your body language how do you speak do you communicate do you communicate well and then when that's not there i mean it's pretty uh, it's pretty easy then to give the job to somebody else so The reason I bring this up is because I don't want you to be bitter about people like that. Because here's the thing. You're also like that. I'm also like that. Think about any time that you've had maybe a friend of a friend that you've been introduced to that you've never met before. And this friend just kind of turns you off. It just doesn't really vibe with you and you, you feel like this person's kind of annoying, right? Isn't it weird how quickly we discriminate, how quickly we say, this is not going to be my friend. I'm not even going to really try to be this person's friend. That's the same type of thing. You're making pretty quick snap judgments. And just like the hiring manager who's making snap judgments based on sort of intuition, you also make snap judgments based on intuition. And in both cases, you might actually both be wrong. It might be true that the person who stutters is a better fit for the job. And it might also be true that this friend of a friend who you think is really annoying the first time you met this person, maybe they're actually a really cool, maybe they're actually really fun. You just met them on maybe a bad day. So there's always that possibility. And so I want you to, when you see weaknesses like that in somebody else, or you see a pattern in the world, be very careful about being resentful about that because chances are, you act the exact same way. Maybe not in that narrow lane, but in other areas of your life, you actually do act the same way. So hopefully that'll help you to have some sympathy and some understanding for those people because they're trying to do their job. They really are. And so what I think is the best option in this case, in this scenario, is not for you to get angry at the hiring manager or for you to feel like uh, everybody's out to get you. Instead, I think the best advice 
is to just put your head down and go to work. What I mean by that is go to work at becoming a better speaker. And that all starts with a plan, like get a plan. And if you want to start 100% free, then I've got my free Stop Stuttering workshop. So I'll leave a link in the description below if you're on YouTube or just go to speakyourmindmethod.com to watch that workshop. You need to give yourself something to work up to. You need to be able to have a plan. Just like if you're trying to get fit, if you're trying to, to go to the gym, you actually need a routine. You need some sort of plan. And this is very, very much like going to the gym, even with the timing of it, because often the timing of it is like 45 minutes to an hour a day. That's generally what a good workout is. And five days a week is usually a really good number to go to the gym as well. Five days a week is a great number to work on your speech as well. So you can do it. You can make time for it. Sure, you need to prioritize it, but you can do it. You can become better. And I think it's the only real good way to approach it is to not try to make reality change into what you want but rather let reality let reality be what it is and instead become more competent become stronger become better become more skillful because then you position yourself you shoot yourself to the front of the line and actually give yourself more opportunities to find success and to achieve the goals that you want so in closing remember don't listen to speech therapists who coddle you or who only focus on the negative, who only you know, tell you to avoid stuttering or manage stuttering, take a different approach. Take the alternative approach and actually try this out and go and become a great speaker. You can do it. I've done it. Many others have done it. This isn't about curing stuttering. This isn't about overcoming stuttering to the point where you never, ever, ever, ever think about it. Like, I still think about it sometimes. I still have bad days. The tendency is still kind of there. It's still kind of, it, it hangs out still. But here's the key that I want you to think about. And remember, just because it's still there, just because I still sometimes stumble over my words a little bit, guess what? It doesn't hinder anything in my life. It doesn't hinder my dating life. It doesn't hinder my, my work. It doesn't hinder my ability to have friendships or relationships. It doesn't hinder anything, but it used to, right? There is a certain threshold of where your speech reaches a certain level of competence that even though you're not cured, you've gotten so good and so skillful that it is no longer hindering anything in your life. And in fact, the reverse is actually true. It is actually helping you. You are actually being put over the top. You're actually shooting yourself to the front of the line and giving yourself incredible opportunities because you put in the work, because of the speech skills that you've developed. So that's what this is about. And unfortunately, a lot of speech therapists and I would say at large institutional speech therapy just isn't doing their job. And it is very sad. It really is. Because a lot of people, I think, have just been let down by speech therapy as we know it. So I'm one of those coaches here online that's trying to change the narrative, that's trying to show people an alternative that I think is much better and will actually lead you to the life that you're trying to live and not just this like defensive, managing stuttering, don't stutter type of approach. I'm about something better. I'm about something more. So I really hope this episode was helpful. I hope you gain some clarity on 
speech therapy and perhaps maybe you've been thinking about going to speech therapy or trying like an online coach like myself or others, whatever you choose to do, I just hope that this episode helped you gain some clarity and I just really hope it helped you. So one final time, if you want to dive deeper, go check out my free Stop Stuttering workshop. I will leave a link in the description below on YouTube or you can just go to speakyourmindmethod.com and it'll be right on the homepage. It's my free Stop Stuttering workshop. All right, that is it for today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. I will see you next time.